welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And this, this is, is the story So Farscape. And you are with us today for episode 221, Liars, Guns and Machinations. And <laughs> sorry. Money. Money, sorry. Part 3. three. Plan B. And yeah. I was like, gonna hoping that I was gonna be able to cash in on some of my Farscape fun bucks, but oh alas, no, which no. one in particular <laughs> uh, so were you curious it's the, about? It's the Chana pregnancy scare, considering oh. the title. But oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, there's none yep, of that. None of that. I, I actually had a look at the prediction. Nothing really, uh, uh, really comes together this no. time around. I mean, you've still got a few. You've still got a few that you can uh, uh, that you might be able to cash for the end of the season. Ooh. I mean, you did predict that Liars, Guns and Money would run until the end of the season. Well, there was no to be continued at the end of this episode. Oh, so no. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm afraid that I kind of, like, missed out on that one, unless they're pulling a sneaky on us. Oh, they wouldn't do that. Well. No one would ever do that. Okay. So... The story so far, Scape. Uh, so in order to be able to buy Dargo's son, Jothi, uh, they have been planning on uh, raiding a shadow deposit, which went pretty well, aside from the fact that Scorpius showed up there as well with his own problems. A big pile of money that was getting ready to be given to Scorpius got uh, misappropriated by our heroes and brought aboard Moya, where it turned out to be a ploy to actually kill Scorpius. Yes. Uh, this got uh, Moya into deep trouble, and in order to go and bust out uh, Jothi, who had meanwhile been bought by Scorpius, because he'd hacked yes. into Stark's system while Stark was trying to control the Shadow Depository he's system. Yes, he's really doing it. <laughs> so uh, he managed to get hold of Jothi, and they brought a bunch of uh, misfits together, like the, the past successes. Calling them successes is really generous. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, successes from the production crew point of view. Ah, like so, Not yeah. necessarily that they were particularly great and successful. In fact, they weren't because they pretty much were all beaten by the crew. So they, they, that was really, now that I think about it, that's actually kind of weird. Like, let's go and find these losers, which you already beat, and now let's like get them to help us. You know, it's a bit of a strange leap of... Okay, well, so do you think they could have... If they have to put a team together of people who have beaten them... That's going to be who? Maldis? And Crace, technically. Well, uh, they did beat Crace. I mean, I suppose. Well, if they cr- hadn't beaten yeah. or, you know, bamboozled everyone in their path, they would all be dead or true, imprisoned true. or and there and there would be no show. No. Actually, hold on. Who has beaten them? There must be someone, right? I mean, it depends on your definition of beaten, but I mean, someone who wanted something that got it from that them. That then then they huh. I mean, they got, yeah, bamboozled themselves many times, but... Yeah, okay, but... I mean, that's the whole point. Like you just said, you can't, like, if they lose, then there won't be a show. I mean, there can be minor setbacks and stuff, and they can lose money, food, wealth, all that sort of thing. I'm I'm just sort of reeling here. Like, I've always always described Farscape as a bunch of, you know, heroic losers surviving out in the... Yeah. But they have survived and beaten everything they've encountered. Mm-hmm. They've left a trail of, of destruction in their wake. Let me see. Namtar was destroyed by them. Maldis twice. Yes. Well, dispersed, whatever. Uh, now, of course. Oh, the Placavians. 
I suppose. Kind of. Yeah. Who sort of executed Stark, but well, that didn't uh, that didn't last very long. No, they didn't. Yeah, I mean, they got beaten by the Plagavians and then let go. I mean, they bet what's face Rigel's tormentor, the guy who's carrying around, whose head he's oh, carrying Durka. around. Oh, Durka. Durka, yes. that's the one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rydal's still carrying him around on a stick. Yes. Oh, man, that's brutal. <laughs> all right. And the last episode ended with uh, the realisation that they finally have all these mercenaries with whom they were going to rescue Jothi. And then, well, they don't have any money to pay the mercenaries. No. Our money's alive! And Jothi shows up. Yeah, because John has gone and voluntarily handed himself in because he wants that thing out of his head. And apparently Scorpius was good for his word for a change and actually made the trade for Jothi. And that's where we open in part three, Liars, Guns and Money, Plan B. Prepare to stop him! We have some lovely synopsises from our listeners uh, sent to us. Oh, yes, yes, we do. Let's not forget about those. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So yes, about today's episode, Ocean's 13 was okay. This time the crew heists the same place a third time to rescue a distraught shipmate. An old enemy eh? arrives on the scene to help. The crew discovers the eventual end of the best laid plans of mice and men, featuring what? a roller coaster ride of emotions including an interrogation sex swing <laughs> uh, and, a start- and a startlingly depressing request by one of Moria's crew. Ooh, yeah. Thanks, Wookie. Let me see Jenna. Ooh, Jenna. A class reunion gets awkward when no one knows how to synchronize their watches and a hothead has insertion issues. I wonder who that could be. Thanks, Jenna. And what will the crew of Moya do to save one of their own from the clutches of their nemesis? Plus, John finds out why he's been seeing Scorpius everywhere he goes. And thank you, Billy Roberts, for that one. Wait, is... Is that for this episode, do you think? That seems... I think maybe I'm not the only one who has trouble sort of separating the various acts of uh, uh, liars, guns and money. Well, okay, so Jothi wasn't a member of the crew, so it clearly can't have been him that he was talking about. It kind of works. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Billy. So we open on uh, the interrogation sex swing, as, <laughs> yes. as it was called. Which I would more call a misappropriated piece of playground equipment. It's it kind of like, is. It's kind of like the ball with the, the globe with the little lights <laughs> stuck in it from uh, Muppets in Space, except the lights have been removed and now John has been <laughs> strapped to the outside. Excellent callback. You see the spiral? Yeah, the little globe with the LEDs that serve no other purpose except to illustrate this exact distribution of events. It's... Yeah, it's a horrible piece of... I mean, it's a great piece of set design. Yes. Tim Ferrier was very proud of it. Yeah, he, he gets strapped to the outside of this metal sphere, which is made out of a latticework, and then he gets rolled up onto his back, and that's pretty much how he spends the entire episode. Yep, an absolute nightmare for Ben Browder, who... I mean, he is a kindly man, but he struggled to hide his hatred of Tim Ferrier for designing this thing <laughs> that he apparently never once tried himself. You've got this oh. awful metal beam sort of digging into your back. You've got the blood rushing to your brain yes. and to your... Ugh. They didn't give him a little bit of padding or something to uh, make it a little bit more comfortable, but yeah, I guess not. So he's up here so that Scorpius can soften his neurons and yes. figure out whether the neural clone has indeed reached the information that he wants. Scorpius is playing with more PK plug-in technology. He's like got big, long audio jacks, which I've, I see him plugging into the console. It's the same sort of phone jack technology. Do you know, like yes. the, the exchange, what's it no, called? What's it called? The phone P- switches. PBX, uh, like yeah. we saw, oh, I was going to say Ginavi and Chato. No, a different Peacekeeper girl... Jelena. Jelena. Oh, shame yes. on me for not getting her. Hi, Jelena. 
Yeah, that's apparently how peacekeeper technology works. You've got yep. wires and you plug them in and then the lights and go on. And then stuff happens, yes. On Moya, they're playing back John's farewell message. This thing in my head, this chip, part of me now wants it to control me. So I'm going to go to Scorpion and have him take it out before it's too late, before I no longer want it gone. Goodbye, my friends. At least by swapping myself for Jothy, I can do you some good. It is pretty grim and emotional. I'm I'm kind of surprised that everyone is on the command and listening, including all of the mercenaries. Yes. Who immediately abandon the, the plan. The, the no, plan yeah, well, the guy who hired us isn't here anymore, and the guy we yeah. were going to free is, is and free. No so money. I guess we're gone. Yeah, there's no money. That's a very big part. I mean, Erin is clearly choking up here. She's having a hard time with uh, seeing this message. Yeah. You see how you misread? Yes. It's a great performance by Claudia Black. Mm. Like, you can just see how how overwhelmed she is, yes. and yet she's holding it together, as is most of the rest of the crew, I've got to say. I mean, like, yes. Tiana's on, uh, on the ball, tr- still trying to keep everyone together. Although the pirates immediately go, yeah, there's no money, therefore Moya is now ours, I guess. Ours now, and point their I mean, guns at Chiana. I guess pirates gonna pirate. You see... My problem, don't you? I don't do anything unless I get paid. And since you no longer have currency, Moya is now mine. Aaron is so unimpressed. We come back from the credits and Aaron's like, okay, shoot her, you idiot. Yeah. In fact, if you even wanted to come along, I wouldn't take you because you're so stupid. You're going to take a half-burned, crippled Leviathan Leviathan over... All the stuff we can offer you on the planet? There's a whole bank that we can rob. But you'd rather point a gun at a girl. What are you trying to do, Aaron? Shame me into going with you. No. No, because even if you wanted to, I wouldn't go into battle with you now. Do you know why? Because you're a coward and an idiot. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's... a good power play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not quite enough to to convince them, but then arrives Stark. My side, your side! And Stark sees all this madness, and his response to madness is... is more madness. More madness, yes. Oh, there's a fire? I'll get the petrol. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> and Rorf, who... I love Rorf. Yeah, Rorf, like, buys into it. He goes like, oh, okay, yeah, this is cool. I can this work with insane. this guy, yeah. What's the matter with you, freck face? Matter, matter, I'll tell you matter. Answer, matter, 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 matter. Oh, Scorpius killed 10,000 of my people. 10,000 cast into space. 10,000 souls scream in my brain. The chair, the chair, remember the chair? What chair? This freck is crazy. Do you come in? Do you agree? Agree? Will you fight like this down there? Of course, of course. Oh, no hands, no hands. <sighs> I changed my mind. Yes. I'll go into battle with him. He has the, hunt, the the spirit of the hunter, not the prey. He digs it. I wouldn't call it that myself, but you know. No, I think Rorf is actually a really bad judge of everything, but I kind yes. of like his enthusiasm. No, true. That's like I think that's a very fair assessment that Rorf yeah. is just like, you know, fairly primitive by most people's standards, I suppose. I mean, uh, Narina, uh, Narita? Uh, Natira? Natira call, call, keeps calling him an animal later on. Yeah, didn't like that. Nah. Animal. <laughs> I see a lot of myself in Rorf. I can see where you're coming from. Eloquent, loquacious, not fully plugged in, but totally charged ahead. Half-formed, but completely committed. Yeah, I mean, they managed to talk them into it, especially it takes a little bit of work on the pirates. The standoff is uh, is even trickier now that yeah. this uh, insanity has taken place. Aaron's got her gun as well. Everybody's got guns. 
And then Pilot announces, excuse me, not now, Pilot, we're negotiating. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> but there's a ship approaching. Uh, turns out Talon not Scorpius, is arriving. Yes. yes. It's Talon. Because Scorpius mentioned that his command carrier is engaged in battle. Yes. Whatever, that's going. That's, I guess, uh, command carriers is going to go to battle and they have to do their thing. And he was just doing a little side trip to get his money while he was in the neighborhood. I guess that explains why he didn't return to the command carrier no. after the first episode. I'm also noticing that he had a lot of soldiers with him all of a sudden. Like, last time it kind of looked like he had like a small contingent, but this time around there were a lot of uh, peacekeeper they just keep troopers. Coming. Yeah. He's just got a like a, a one of those Acme cans of instant army that yeah. you can just open and, and I mean, shake it's, out. It's like when you're playing like video games, you know, like Red Dead Redemption 2. You've got your little gang, which is about 20 folks, and then there's yeah. the opposing gang, the the old Driscolls, I believe they're called. Yeah, and they're, cool. they're, they're kind of made out to be the same kind. But you keep running into little groups of old Driscolls, and you must have killed hundreds by the end of the uh, <laughs> oh, uh, the game. Dear. And yeah, they just keep coming, and you just figure, like, they could have easily, if, if they have so many, how, like... Why haven't they wiped us out like a long time ago? But no, oh, no, you don't only, give them ideas. You only, you only encounter little groups of ten or fifteen or fifty, even, and then. But like they keep coming through the entire game, and you must have killed like I don't know how many, but like yeah, hundreds at the very least. Well, so, we, I guess there's a lot of parallels with this <laughs> week's episode. Yeah, I can see that. In fact, uh, speaking of sort of virtual environments, that's something that Scorpius is preparing to do. Yes, he's uh, softening up John's brain to get his neuroprobe to work so he can go inside. Natira is loving it. She's climbing all over it. She just really, really enjoys this cruelty, I suppose. Yeah. Right? She is. That's how she gets her uh, her jollies. We don't actually see what happens other than the, there's this little light, proby, shiny thing uh, on the side of his head. Yeah, he's got a sort of metal tiara. God, this must have been uncomfortable for yeah. Ben Browder. And these sort of lights shining at his head. Although he is advised not to move too much because the slightest twitch at the wrong time could leave you paralyzed. And then I'm just like, why are you letting the tiara climb all over him then? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like it's a sort of jungle gym climbing frame. Yep. That's kind of what Moya looks like because uh, Talon is reverse umbilicaling. Yeah, they are pumping some nutrients over to Moya to help her heal. Yeah, he detected his mother in distress and yep. uh, decided to come over. There was a little bit of a, a, a pronoun slip up there where Pilot talks to Crace, which I don't know for sure, but maybe the first time that Lani Tupu has talked to himself. I have to oh. look into that. Yeah, where he says, Crace. We are very thankful that you allowed Talon to respond to her mother's distress call. Her mother? Oh. Just a little slip up. Okay. But, I don't know, maybe Talon's just exploring something about himself. <laughs> you know, teenagers, they're going to sort of yeah. figure out their identity. Keep a check on the electrocell levels. They mustn't rise above six parts. I'm well aware of that. Crace comes aboard Moya, looking around the uh, the burnt section, trying to give pilots some advice. He's Leviathan splaining. I suppose, yes. I mean, there's, there's Not lots Not even of... a giggle? Oh, well... Okay, no, no fine. I'll work harder next time. I mean, the the walls kind of look grim. It almost looks like there's, like, dead people sticking out of them in some places. Like, uh, Yeah, I, I, I sort of read that as, like, drops of melted and then cooled, like, yeah, wall metal. I guess that makes sense. Aaron tries to convince him to help. I mean, now that you're here... Yeah. Is there some reason you wish us to stay? We are planning to attack a shadow depository on the planet below us. And you want Talon to help? And he goes like, oh, if you found a cause worth fighting for, uh, like, use... And he's, like... 
playing the pacifist really weirdly. I'm not quite sure what to think of Kreis in this regard. He's like, he's all about wanting to have his own gunship, but then not using it. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure what he's on, what his plan is. Well, he's certainly on his high horse. That, well, yes, but that's one he loves to be on anyway. Uh, it's just such an interesting point of view. Like she asks him to help kill Scorpius and he goes, hmm, tempting. But then he asks her, like, okay, Why? so... What's your stake in the game? Yeah. yeah. I thought you didn't want talent to be used as a weapon, but now it's okay because it's for you? Yeah. I thought that you didn't want to use talent for violence. You all said that from the beginning. Yes, but this is different. How? Is this violence more acceptable because it's for you? No, it's because Scorpius has captured Crichton and he's going to kill him if we don't get down there. <laughs> There's always a reason for violence, Aaron. Thousands of people die for the most virtuous causes. Oh, you don't have to lecture me, Chris. I believe I do. And then he says, you have lectured me countless times. No, she hasn't. I know. <laughs> right? A few times, yeah. No. I mean, back when he was her commander, then she wouldn't have Definitely lectured him. Definitely not. And the first time that he talked back to her, that she talked back to him. Oh, it's me messing up with the pronouns now. Yeah. The first time that she talked back to him, it was when he was in the Aurora chair. Mm. Oh, I guess it must have been... Like between season one and two, when they had their little conspiracy oh, uh, in the asteroid field, that might have been when we don't really know how much time passed. Yeah, or how many talk back talking happens. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, so maybe that was just wall to wall lectures for a craze that he's but a he, little bitter about. But he gets her to admit to what it is that she wants and why she thinks it's suddenly okay. And it turns out that it is because they're going to rescue John. Yeah. Uh, she cares a great deal about him, and and she actually makes an offer to him to basically give him anything he wants. Aaron Sulem, are you offering me so? Which is, is something he entertains, and I kind of thought that was going to come back at the end of the episode, and I was almost surprised that it didn't, because I, uh, I had a little note writing about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're skipping ahead a bit, because this is, a, this is another scene where uh, she says, you can take anything, anything you want, and I won't stop you. Yeah. After so he's even asked her, are you offering yourself? Right, yes. Something that he's wanted before. He wanted Aaron to come with him mm. and parent talent together initially until he got the hand of friendship. Yes, and then he couldn't care less. I kind of think, figured that he was going to say that, that his price was going to be, ask her to come with him again. But uh, no, he right. didn't. Yeah, so that didn't turn I into mean, he's anything. He's got the moral high ground here. Like he's, he's claimed to be reformed and to guide Talon with an effort to keep him from violence. Yeah. And that seems to be entirely true so far. So far, yes. He's not done anything that uh, contradicts that. Well, Crace uh, certainly hasn't. No. Like, any time Talon has, has attacked... No, no, that's it'd what been, I mean. Yeah, yeah. it had been in defence, and Crace seems to have tried to rein in his aggressive tendencies with moderate success. Meanwhile, on command, they are having a discussion about how to take the plan into effect. Stark, Stark is, is explaining his incredibly complicated plan. So when you're... Here, I'm here. And, and everything's perfectly timed because we're on a silent count. Right? 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 Yes, you're going to go there, then they're going to blow up the reactor, and under the guise of darkness. And how are we going to time it? Well, because we're on a silent timer. and In the middle of battle. Nobody knows what he's talking about, or even when they do, they figure, like, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> I, once again, I love Rorf. He asks all the questions that, that, that I do. Okay, how are we going to... But... The, the, a, a silent count while we're fighting? Yes, it's easy. It's complicated. 
No, it's hard. <laughs> it's re- like, that's their problem. He's asking to do something that is hard. That's terrible. But, I mean, you just, like, put a little, you know, you, you take a kitchen timer and you set that for three minutes. I mean, you don't have to go all Hudson Hawk and all sing the same song. I love that you went there. That's literally <laughs> where I was going to go. Would you like to swing on a star? <laughs> Gary Moonbeam's home in a jar. Da, da, da. Although that's hardly a silent count, but still. I know, when you have to sing it in your head. <laughs> oh, that's all I want now. Unfortunately, that's not what we uh, that's not what we get. So while this terrible, terrible plan is still being fought out, and you see sort of Bakesh, you don't quite see him roll his eyes because he's got the chrome dome over his head. Yes, you see but him resting. His, he's doing the Picard maneuver. He's, he's definitely uh, getting a little bit exasperated with how things are. He's also trying to like claim the moral high ground by calling himself what is it, the warrior priest or something or the other? Oh yes, I and the holy warrior of Taru. Whatever. Yes. Because he's uh, he's converted to the writ of Taru and put violence behind him, but not so much. Not today. Now, he's yeah. the, now he's the holy warrior. Yes. Sort of getting back there. He's turning to, to basically proclaiming himself to be a paladin, I suppose, which are always the really <laughs> fucked up cases in yeah, the D&D games. You, you can't really do that retroactively. Yeah, you, well, so, well you know, I don't know. I mean, you can always claim to be it. Speaking of paladins and warriors, we see Jothi inspecting his dad's quarter blade and Darko apologizes that they haven't had a chance to talk mm. obviously things are uh, he's things like, are happening you actually fight with this <laughs> he's just like ways well, a drachic it's perfectly balanced i still use it myself he's never seen one before no no and you can see that it pains dargo because this is a piece of lux and legacy mm. that is completely unfamiliar to jothi who snaps back at him a little bit like when dargo asks you know who who gave you those scars, who mutilated you. You did. In a way, you've done everything that ever happened to me. Just a very change of tone in Jothi. Yeah. He became much more of a bratty teenager and uh, less of the... the he, he was much more calm and serene, I suppose, last time around. Yeah. He was more uh, uh, reactive yeah. rather than active. And he was very reassuring of his dad that he never gave up hope. Exactly. And now he's a little bit snippy and mean well, to him almost. I guess he has a complicated emotional life, Mm. right? He's been separated from his family for 10 years. He says he was on the run. He's been enslaved. And while at the same time, apparently he always held the hope that his dad would help him. Yes. He also blames his father for uh, abandoning him, for causing this situation, for being unable to protect him. I wouldn't precisely say blame him because he he, he literally says something about that, that he... uh when you think about it, everything yeah. that happened to me is your fault, but he's not angry about it, which is, no. a, is a level of emotional maturity I really admire in Jothi. But to Dargo's surprise, Jothi doesn't want to fight, which Dargo just assumed that he wanted to help yep. because it's to rescue Crichton, who, uh, who rescued him in a way. You don't expect me to help you save Crichton, do you? I thought you would want to. I- Listen, I'm interested in saving myself. But of course, he just got his freedom. And he, he doesn't, doesn't want to give it up for it. Yeah. a stranger. And he does a, f- a bit of a flip on that later on, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish that this arc got a bit more time and more space to breathe. Because yeah. it's, it's really great. And this young actor, whose name I, to my great regret, have not written down. Oh dear. Oh my God. Many apologies. I'm just, sorry, I was just thinking that maybe I'll edit it in here, but that's a bad thought, especially yeah. now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> okay, so note to self, edit this part. No, hold on, that's also... T- we're okay, co- we're coming me, into, We're coming me. into a recursive loop. Yes, of, um, exactly, put yes. me out. Okay. Oh, don't stop now, Scorby. 
Roll me over and base the other side. Uh, at the same time, back on the uh, planet, Scorpius is starting to make his move. He swipes his hand over the control panel. <laughs> ben Browder does another fantastic little twitch and uh, scream. Uh, and then he finds himself on the dock of the bay in Abbott Cove of wherever the bleep it is. Oh, Sawyer's Mill? Yeah, he, right? he mentioned something. It looks like... This is Sawyer's Mill. Just any I nailed it. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> and standing there uh, talking to whom he th first thinks is Scorpius. Scorpius, but turns out to be Harvey. Yeah, who says, oh, and I'm not Scorpius. Yes, he is. He is. And, then and then we get a really cool effect. Anytime that Harvey speaks, he has this reverse echo. His, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the echo comes before his speech. And Scorpius is completely clear. Hmm. And he's just asking his clone, hey, how's it going? Job done? Yeah. I think, yeah. Really weird in I, here, I'm though. I'm in there, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Scorpius jabs him in the neck with some sort of neural inhibitor so for the rest of the scenes which take place on this dock Ben Browder can do his gorm face again while he's just like laying flat on his face and doing yes. his like I can't move it's like he got his bones liquefied again, again. by, yes, by exactly. Linnea's it's, sort of shotgun it's, yeah. it's exactly that same pose and expression that he gets I'm gonna recover from this right completely right I don't understand what the point is because Okay, so this paralyzes him, right? Yeah. But he can still talk and move his eyes, which is about all he could do anyway because he was strapped down on the awful, awful ball. Yes. I don't know. Maybe he So why paralyze someone who's already strapped down? Why does he paralyze him in his own mind even then? What's even the point of that? Yeah. Was, yeah, right? Mm. I mean, it's just a mental construct. And what's worse, this is where he informs him, don't worry, after I've gotten my chip... Your death will be painless. It's a generous offer that he makes more than once. Yes, to more than one person, yeah. yeah. Once he gets him to the command carrier, because apparently this chip can't be removed here, or at least he doesn't want to, but he has to get the command... I caught that as well. Yeah. It's not clear whether he can't or whether he doesn't doesn't want to. As I presume can't, because I, I can't think of any reason why he would want to postpone it. Good point, yeah. Well, ooh, how would that work? Okay, so he takes the chip out, and then what... I mean, he's not... It's not harder to defend the chip than uh, to defend John. No, probably easier. All right, no, yeah. I'm with you. So he's got to wait for his command carrier to return, who is, which he recalls from battle. Which just is stop fighting, come back. Yeah, mm, maybe kind of a bold strategic move. Yeah, you don't know. Maybe they're just like oppressing some poor planet somewhere, and uh, oh, maybe they're harvesting tannered roots. Yeah, there you go. That's, the locals are putting up a fight. Yeah, so they need to go on a little punishment expedition, and oh, they can break that off whenever you know. It's... The ease with which you imagined horrors like that—it's kind of disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, speaking of imagining horrors, we finally get an idea why Scorpius has such a boner for the wormhole weapons, because he claims that he isn't intent on galactic domination, but he does want to sway the balance of power. Imagine the ability to move an army in an instant, the power to make hostile planets disappear. So he kind of does want galactic domination. For the peacekeepers, I guess. Right, yeah. I guess his hatred for the Scarans is so singular, like Natira observed. He's not a Scaran. You wouldn't waste your hatred on anything else. I mean, he might figure that he can use it to gain his popularity among the peacekeepers, build his rank there, and then use it to, like, win the war with the Scarans. Yeah. And after that, probably work on, work on galactic domination. I mean, I've no idea what motivates him other than hatred for Scarans. He's an interesting character, isn't he? Yeah. Like, I love a villain whose agenda is clear, but whose motivation is is still difficult to comprehend. Mm. And certainly someone who's as 
calm and violent and well, uh, I, seductive and brutal. I would almost say the opposite right now. It's like his motivation is clear. He hates Karens and he yeah. hates being a second-rate uh, citizen, despite the fact that he's gained rank among the peacekeepers. And his, oh, yeah. uh, his agenda seems far more unclear, uh, other than he wants to get the wormhole technology, but only See, okay, what so does he want to do with that? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So strategy is... is okay. <sighs> I have forgotten just how quickly these scenes follow each other. Hmm. Now we have uh, a Jothi coming to Dargo saying, no, I do want to fight. I don't want you to think I'm a coward. Yes. That he apologizes and realizes that any of your, like, your fight is my fight as well. It's a beautiful rapprochement between... Yeah, uh, between and now Dargo flips. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not letting you fight. It's not your fight. And, like, I don't want, I want you to stay safe. So it's like, maybe this is, like, Lux and reverse psychology on their... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he saw Eren doing it earlier. Yeah. What told the pirates? Oh, speaking of the pirates, the Zenitans and the Xiang have come to talk about the plan. And Dargo, who shows great forethought, asks Pilot, Would you mind telling these... Fools, what we talked about earlier. Dargo advised me to auto-program the maintenance bay. If you try to mutiny, the chamber will fill with venom gas and render you unconscious. But it turns out that's not what they're there to do. They're not there to mutiny again. Mm. But they just have serious concerns about the plan. And Dargo, showing great leadership again, oh yeah, fill the plan. That is why I say we should forget about it. Forget it! What we're going to do, we're just going to bust in there through the front door and, and fight our way through. And so anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's what we're good at. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So we're all on the same page. Great, oh, great, great, yeah, great, great. Fine. That's when Erin shows up carrying her BFG. Yes, she's got a she's got a BFG that uh, you can see Dargo's a little envious of, but don't worry, he uh, he gets his own. Scorpius gets some good news, namely that the uh, command carrier is going to arrive a bit sooner than expected. It's going to oh. be there within six hours. Although he's a little bit suspicious about good news for some yeah. reason. Yeah, he goes, "Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad." What? What? Yeah, he didn't like good news. It's no, too... that's too convenient. But that's not the only powerful reaction he has because mid sentence. His cooling rod gives out, and he just just sort of snaps and snarls and rushes off. Oh, what's the matter? You got a little warm head? How about I change that rod for you? I got some spares. Natira, lock this chamber down. Open it for no one but me. I still don't understand quite what happened there, how that... Well, he did have a lot of jellyfant paste in his brain earlier on, so that may have just uh, left him extra sensitive. It seemed that it got triggered by uh, John's taunting, but maybe that causes his uh, temperature to rise a little bit, because John maintains his, you know, constant level of inane banter, you know, his... Yeah, uh, his, his, his defense Ma- mechanism. Mal Reynolds-type... Uh, banter while he gets tortured itching in the face of danger yep oh what a day he's having it's really awful so yeah then uh, he has to deal with natira like having her yeah. having her little go at him slapping him across the face to taste his blood she's just being a royal bitch yeah she's pardon my french well she's she's a sadist yeah that's quality that apparently uh scorpions really appreciate oh we really get to appreciate that the incredible makeup put on Claudia Carmen. Oh. Even her teeth, her gums are yes, blue. Yes, I noticed that as well. I saw it's that last so episode. so cool. That must have been like quite the job to get that all done. The plan, insofar as it exists, is put into effect. And it's, I mean, it's going really well. Because we've got Rorf and Bekesh, the Vercarian blood tracker, and the reformed 
Tavlek, now Holy Warrior of Taru, have already sort of wandered in and they're reporting their success. How does this drilling thing work? I hear you, Blood Tracker. We're just outside the depository. And yes, you were right. The guards are looking for a Vorkarian or a Tavlek. So we can just sort of wander in. Now, where are we going? Carrying big guns. Uh, <laughs> Walking around completely unchallenged by anybody, bickering between themselves, bickering with Rigel, who's got uh, that head still stuck on his staff and Dirk he's still carrying. Yes. Waving around from the little shuttle that he's I, on. I guess they wanted a little bit more mileage out of that particular prop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not just like we can drop it on the floor and roll it in slow motion, but we can also just wave it around. It is so big compared to his own. Well, actually, now I'm looking at it. I think it, it looks about right. It's like, I mean, Rigel I mean, has a big head. In more ways than one. Yeah. Back on Moya, things are not going so well. You see, one of the rare scenes that Zahn has in this episode. She did not get a lot to do in these, no. uh, uh, these episodes. She comes upon uh, the Sheyang, Turak. Yes, who's, who's been having some problems, middle-aged men, male problems. Listen, four out of five men deal with it at some point in their lives. Yeah. I mean, he can feel, you know, you can feel the nutrients in there, but you just can't reach, reach them no. to, to make the fire. Can you produce flame? Of course! I will not let you endanger the rest of us. Stark's plan depends upon your ability to produce flame. If you cannot, I must warn the others. Yes, he's got pro- problems producing his fireball, but, but he tells her that if he, she can give him some sort of poison, that it'll be able to allow him to uh, reach in and yeah. shoot the fireball to destroy the generator, as the plan is. And this scene is dropped sort of in yeah. the middle as well. It's sort of... I felt that a little bit throughout this episode. The scenes felt a little too short. I can imagine, like, Justin Monjo had a terrible job keeping this episode moving and, and, and mm. like, making sure that all the pieces fall into place. And yet they waste so much time on the firefights, which are coming up really I mean, shortly. You say waste? Yeah. Okay. Unimpressed? Yeah, kind of. But okay. we'll get we'll get to that. I did love uh, okay, Ross. Heartbroken already when he yeah, okay. when, when he does his little jump around the corner, uh, wave his Rolf big guns. Scooby doing yes. or no pink panthering is what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different from Scooby doing. He's pink panthering through the hallways and sort of trying to figure out how this comms thing works. And he's bickering with himself and with whoever with Pilot who he can talk to. Pilot, to answer this selling thing, will you? Ah. I'm sorry, Rolf. I've been training all my senses on healing Moya. I got through the waste vents, and Crichton's on the level above the main chamber. He's... Rolf. Rolf. Which is fine until he runs into uh, Wasface, uh, Scorpius's aide-de-camp or whatever it is. Oh, Natira's. You're talking about Akor. Oh, right, that's the balding he's, gentleman. He's, right, with, he's, uh, yeah. he's with the bank. He's with- and then Akor holds this sort of disc thing to Rorf's ear well, as a part of an interrogation. It's not for, quite clear first, what it first does. of all, Rorf, the, like the blood tracker, gets completely blindsided by a soldier who just walks up behind him and clocks him on the head. The problem is he's a lousy tracker. It seems smelling is a female's job. Oh, friend. <laughs> Although he did, I mean, he did manage to figure out at least where Crichton was. Yes. So the, he did that part of his yeah, job. They actually bring him to him, and uh, they have a little bit of an but interrogation session him. with him. He holds out. Yes. Rorf defends himself. He does what people are trained to do in the face of interrogation, which is use the truth a little bit. Like he says, he was casing the joint for the for Zenitan pirates. Yeah. But not too much. 
Scorpius immediately, like, he hears that and he latches onto that. Sinners and pirates. Interesting. Yes. Natira, however, has other interrogation tactics. Uh, yes, she gets which she to, goes use to use her, her head things. What do you call them? Tentacles? They're not quite tentacles. They're no, claws. they're like, yeah, they're like legs. Limbs, Ten- right? Yeah, head legs. I mean, that makes her a cephalopod. I suppose, yeah. Right? I mean, that kind of is. That's brain legs, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, they're not really legs. They're just kind of like wafers, but yeah. The top one is actually folded over when it's, a, when it's attached to her head, and she gets soups horny for his red eyes. You should have answered me. I was trying to save you. Animal, you have lovely eyes. I love red eyes. Very sensual. Very unusual. <laughs> Soup's horny to the point that she pokes one out. Yeah, yeah, with real relish to presumably eat. That's the implication, I would say, but... It's never confirmed, no. but wow, what a way to get your jollies. And with his eye plucked out, suddenly Rorf is a lot more cooperative. Yeah, he spills the beans, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. They plan to destroy the generator, then attack in the darkness. Darkness is the key. Please don't take my other eye. <laughs> and Scorpius says his senses tell him that he's being honest now. I mean, we already know that Scorpius has, like, you know, certain talent to uh, sniff out odd things and when people are lying and telling the truth. I mean, he immediately yeah. p- p- pegged John for being an imposter. That man, he is an imposter. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Back on the Gamak base, he took one look at him and he was like... Seize him. Like, arrest that that man. man. (laughs) Yeah. I will never forget the way he says... That man. (laughs) All right. Plan time. Everyone... And I mean just about everyone is on the transport, getting ready to... On the other transport, I presume. Oh, yes, there are multiple... Well, no, okay, so we've got Aaron, Dargo, Zan, Jothi, right? Uh, Those are the ones that we see, and Rigel is off-screen. Yeah, well, Rigel is on the other transport, I guess, which they use to bring Rother and the Tablaxian. No, what's it? uh, Rorth, that's it. Nope. No, he's in this one. Oh, okay. Because she hands over uh, oh, a yes, control right, yes. to Rigel, and then Rigel is in control. And he kind of fumbles with it because he's still uh, juggling the head at the same time as well, <laughs> and which is not very, very conductive to uh, <laughs> yeah. working the controls, it seems. You can either play with your joystick or enjoy your head, one, one or the other. <sighs> oh. uh, hmm. I mean, I say that. But. <laughs> Jothi gets told by Dargo to stay with the ship and protect Rigel, much to his chagrin. What about me? I thought I was going to. You're going to stay here on the transport pod with Rigel. I said I'd go. Look, That's why it I'm is here. not your fight. So they're both just flip flopping. I told you to come, and now you're like, you just have to sit here and wait. But uh, it's kind of a cool plan they've got because in order to bust in through the front door, they need a distraction. And so Moya is going to perform a low atmosphere maneuver. She's going to buzz the station. Chiana and the pirates are the only ones still on uh, Moya, I suppose, at this point. Yes, the yeah. pirates are coordinating the flax, yes. which is so how they'll uh, cover their retreat. Yeah. Chiana does her fantastic yell. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah! I absolutely love it. Fortunately, interrupting Natira's. I guess her refractory period is short enough that she can get super horny about some blue eyes now. Yes, she really wants one of John's eyes as well. Scorpius wants your brain. He said nothing about your eyes. Blue eyes. So soft. 
Very rare. And then she turns around with her tentacles waving around her. What the frell is that? But she actually, no, actually, this is the scene, I think, where she tells him that the thing in his head can actually be removed without killing him. And that the fact that Scorpius is going to kill him once he gets onto the uh, carrier is just because he wants to kill him. Oh, yes. Not because there's a yeah, particular reason Sorry, to. I got really excited yeah, about this line, about but you're eye. right. Oh. This is, he keeps calling her Frau Blucher, which I don't fully understand. <laughs> he makes up these weird nicknames for people. Frau Blucher, I mean, she's blue, so. Oh, yeah. You're right. So this is where he's, I mean, he's having a really interesting day. And oh. at this part, he learns that he doesn't actually have to die. But no sooner has he learned that than uh, Moya performs her low-altitude maneuver, smashes all the windows with... Uh, with her uh, shockwave, yeah. What the frill is that? And now it's time for apparently something that you were unimpressed with, the firefight. Yeah, I thought, I thought it dragged on a little bit. It's one of the coolest set pieces in, in, in the whole... I mean, so many laser bolts. Tony... Hey, Kay, Tony Tills worked really hard on this, okay? And my apologies to Tony Tills, but... And everybody else as well. It was really dark because they, yeah. they turn off the lights. Eventually they managed to turn off the lights. And like, like Claudia Black talked about... Nobody told us it would be completely black, so we've got to be moving forward. We've got all these expensive props that we're not allowed to break because there's no time to refix them. And they've got all these extras sort of doing dramatic death scenes in front of us that we can't see. And we've got to somehow, like, wade through them without being tripped up. And so how, look so cool. how did the camera pick that up then? Like, if they can't... Now, you'd think that the humans have a better, like... No, sometimes cameras yeah. are better at withstanding, like, explosions and big flashes than, oh, than humans yeah, are. I like suppose that makes sense. Australian yeah. Guild of Teamsters, apparently they had the same pyrotechnics crew that worked on The Matrix. Oh, okay. So they knew what they were doing, but yeah. they had one setup. They had one setup to make it through this hallway and get it right, because those bangers go off and then you don't want to spend, like, two hours Resetting waiting for everybody to reset yeah. it. So they did it in one shot. And they brought in uh, an infrared camera as well. For the uh, night vision equipment, which yeah. kind of failed on uh, Aaron. I can't see. Mine's not working. That was such a... Uh, I really like this firefight, because there is a lot that you don't see. Which is great. I mean, firefights are a dime a dozen. They can be really interesting when you've got a real sort of bird's eye overview of where everyone is and you mm-hmm. sort of understand the pressure that, that, that people are under. But when it's a frontal assault like this, you just want the sort of frenetic energy. I really, really dug it. Um, just me. Okay, yeah, no, I, I heard mean, it. Okay, it, no, it, fine. It just, I guess it, it just didn't tickle my thing. I don't think it's like the kind of thing that the Farscape is about. You know, firefights. Okay, Kay, you've got a... You've got to really back in here because I can already hear a whole section of our fan base turning against you. Don't want that. <laughs> okay. Find um, something. No, I challenge you to find something that you do appreciate here. Maybe there's a Woody in there somewhere. Good point. Yes, I'm sure. There might be. I yeah. mean, you know, we've had some clunker episodes at some point and there's always something to love. Always, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just like, okay, let's drop the subject of the firefight, or at least yes, my, right. opi- uh, at least my opinion there. Whenever we have a conflict, just yeah. really just, yeah, just, just don't think about it anymore. Just bottle it up. <laughs> Take this bad opinion of yours and just bottle it up and oh, just wow. never bring it up. <laughs> um, anyway, while this Sorry, is going on, yeah. before the lights go out, uh, we still have the issue to deal with the uh, the generator, which they're going to blow out. And the... Uh, 
Cheyang is uh, yeah, having more problems. Uh, he gets the injector shot from uh, Zan, which she is hesitant to administer. Are you sure? It's seven units. It's a lethal dose. Not for us. But not so hesitant because uh, uh, she just jams it right in him and it's still not enough. Yeah, uh, he's, he can feel the fluids, but he can't reach them and he can't control them. Uh, big battle. I did like that gun that uh, what the uh, peacekeeper is shooting with. It kind of looks a bit like a uh, weird grenade launcher that he has. Oh, I think what you're talking about is one of the uh, shadow depository goons. Yeah. And you can sort of tell oh. them apart because they've got goggles uh, and they're wearing sort of brown brown armor versus the, the peacekeepers who have the sort of insect helmets and they're all black. But you're right. That's a, that's a gun that they're struggling to uh, to take out because he's in a defended position. It's a very powerful gun. We have to get that frilling gun. They managed to take him out and now Dargo has the big gun. But not until uh, Dargo's uh, Coulter Blade... Uh, oh my god, get, you're right! ...gets the same kind of problem that uh, <laughs> Winona had in the, uh, in, the, in the previous episode. Winona and the Sheyang in this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if someone on the staff had, was having some male problems. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happens to the best of us, it's, it's and it's really, projection. like... It really matters what you do afterwards. So in his case, he takes his sword gun and he finally uses it as a sword. He throws it. Which is not traditionally the best way to use a sword, but hey, needs must. Gets a compliment from Aaron about his aim, which he immediately downplays because he said that he was aiming for his head and not for his chest. Look at the size of this. How would it fit between his eyes? I I was thinking the same thing. I mean, look at it. Like It's even split because it's in the the sort of battle configuration. So those prongs are more than an eye width away. It wouldn't make no sense. So this if was it's definitely, vertical, it this would was head definitely like better shot. Head and yeah. mouth, and if it's sideways, it would still miss his eyes. Would definitely, it's impossible to get it between the eyes. But he gets him square in the chest. Uh, now he does indeed have the big gun. You must hurry. They'll be here soon. I'm here already, Zah. Scorpius shows up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Gosh, we're going all over the place. Gets everybody to, like, surrender, but they don't actually take their weapons away with them. Scorpius immediately realized that they can't actually shoot the Cheyang because... He'll explode. Shoot the Shayang. Because he might blow up the generator. Yeah! Which I didn't even recognize that song, but. I shot the sheriff. Oh, I shot the Shayang. There you go. But he then blew up the generator. generator. Yeah! (laughs) I think we've seen a Shayang being shot before. Yes, uh, Aaron blew one up. Yeah, sorry about the mess. (laughs) That's the one. uh, Sorry about the mess. Sorry Sorry about about the mess. mess. Scorpius knows that he's in danger, but this Sheyang, wow, where does this heroism come from? Well, he, he kind of already had shown that, because remember, he's the one who stayed aboard. He was the captain, stayed with the ship while everybody else fled the escape pods, and he was doing the, the honorable thing. And maybe he already knew that he was like on his decline, and he yeah. figured that it was time to go out in a blaze of glory, and this is what he's doing now. He's getting a second shot at that. He does challenge Scorpius. Hey, don't worry about them. Worry about me. He even takes a moment to absolve Zan. Says yes. that he always knew it would end this way, which is awfully prophetic. I always knew I would suicide myself next to the generator in a bank. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe he did. Maybe he figured that once he couldn't... Uh... Just like the fortune teller said. Yes. Wow. Yeah, he aims the weapon at himself. <laughs> Blah, 
blows himself up and the generator in the process when everybody just like does get gets to do the cool jumpy fly away from explosion type things which they do with the pneumatic boards. Yes, but it's cool. I know. I didn't well, say it wasn't. Now, you, gets, now, now you're saying that any, everything I'm saying about this immediately means that I didn't. You're quite right. I apologize to you, Kay. Your opinions are your own. You can, of course, like or not like whatever you like. Because it's, Yes, but now you're immediately attributing... Because just because the firefight didn't... No, you're right. You're right. The, I apologize for the sort of plaintive nature of my enthusiasm because, no, uh, like my enthusiasm for something is never antagonistic to yours and I will never, I, I never mean to, to sort of paint you into the corner of being Scrooge. <laughs> like, I mean, I would never just assume that this really cool firefight that follows is just unimpressive to you and that you just don't want to talk about it because you were so bored. <laughs> Even though our heroes, they have their cool guns and it's filled with this sort of staccato and infrared and we, like it's so, so thrilling and you were just yawning your way through it because it just went on for too long. Erin has trouble with getting her... <laughs> I'm getting you back on track here, mate. This is like... <laughs> Erin is having trouble with her night, infrared uh, night vision stuff. Uh, it's not just men. So everybody everybody yeah. sort of struggles with their equipment sort of uh, uh, failing. There's lots of blasting and shooting and things getting blown up. Just shoot! Uh, and right at the end when uh, she fixes it, uh, then the fight's over. Yeah, the lights uh, come back on. And she goes like, oh, that was quite useful. And who is it that says, like, well, you'd seem to be doing all right? That's Bakesh. Bakesh, yes. The, uh, the holy warrior. For someone who couldn't see, you did okay. Moving on. <laughs> I love how everyone sort of at this point has bigger bigger fish to fry, bigger things to deal with than whatever's happening around them. Like these piles of corpses. Yeah, we've got something more important. Scorpius is walking down a hallway with someone who is on fire and he just sort of turns away and like talks yep. louder into his Bluetooth headset. Braca! Braca, can you see Christ? No, the monitors have gone dead. Yeah, there was also some really bad slow-mo in that scene. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, I'm with you there. No, I, I don't like fake slow-mo, where you where you take something that's filmed regular and then you do the slow motion. I'm much prefer- But you've got these cool, like, freeze frames to sort of suggest what it looked like uh-huh. for, uh, uh, for Aaron as well. That was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, I also noticed during the firefight that Scorpius was actually getting his hands dirty. He was actually waving the gun around himself rather than just uh, walking around and giving orders. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's standing in the I middle of things. I don't think has- we've seen him do that before. He seems quite comfortable. He's unfazed by uh, uh, people on fire around him. He's got his eyes on the ball. Oh, speaking of ball, that's the one that uh, John is strapped to. Still. Oh, dear, dear, dear. What has Moya done here? You are so screwed, Medusa. I tell you what, you get me out of here, I'll help you stay alive. Who informs Natira that, hey, I'm not the only one that uh, Scorpius is going to kill. And in fact, he convinces her to climb into his mind and talk to the neural clone. Yes, because she, because she doesn't believe him. So, but she figures that if he can get her to talk to the neural clone, then uh, she can uh, be convinced that uh, Scorpius will in fact kill her and she'll be on his side. Which actually seems to be working because she goes in there, talks to Scorpius. Uh, Harvey, Harvey. Sorry, Harvey, yes. Yeah. Who just like c- confirms to her that yes, yes, he'll, he'll kill you. Uh, like he has yeah, no... he doesn't explicitly say it, but he also doesn't lie and no. say that, which is, which is kind of weird. Well, no, because we've seen that with Harvey before. He is not the duplicious schemer that Scorpius is. He's just there right. to do the job. 
Yeah. And like we saw him like talk to, talk to John about like, oh, that's interesting. You're not supposed to be able to do that. But he's never scheming. He's just there to like f- get the information that he needs to. And yeah. there doesn't seem to be I, – I think it might be a, a flaw in the programming or something that basically allowed John to summon him and talk to him, which was never intended. Yeah. And he's just there to talk to Scorpius whenever Scorpius needs to uh, get him to do something or get information from uh, I don't think that John was ever meant to see him, or anybody else was ever meant to see Harvey. So, right, yeah. I guess he's basically an unsecured operating system who's just like... <laughs> well, I'd never even thought about it like that before. That's fascinating. Because, yeah, at best, Harvey tries to create doubt. Yes. Right? Ha- tries to create doubt in, in Crichton about whether he made his own decisions or yeah. not. Something that Scorpius reinforces. Yes. Like, at the beginning of this episode, he tries to convince Crichton that... It's controlling you, isn't it, John? I don't know what you're talking about. In there, my neural clan. It forced you to me. Nothing forced me here. The chip mm. forced you to surrender yourself, and he says no. But he could feel it happening. Yes, that's. But that's the only thing. He's not. He's not a schemer. That's. He, he's programmed to. Yeah. Sow doubt and keep him guessing. But and he's break he, him down. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think he actually has any agency of his own very much. Natira does, however, yeah. and now that she realizes that her boyfriend slash adopted protege, protege yeah. Yeah, is is not so impressed with her, she turns to Crichton and uh, uh, tries to make a deal with him to let her leave aboard Moya. Will you get me on Moya and away from Scorpius? Do we have a deal? John agrees if, like, uh, she pulls a neural inhibitor out of his neck. Which, unfortunately, she's done just before he's about to be rescued. So mm. Aaron and Bakesh and uh, and Dargo arrive in the interrogation chamber and find a bold bowl. Which a, is now a, empty. A Ben Browderless bowl. Yeah. Better than the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Crichton and Rorf and, uh, and Atira are running away, but Crichton is having a real bad time. He can't focus. The no. chip won't let him. Uh, yeah, I guess it's the uh, can't harm or damage Scorpius part of the routine that's playing up here. Because yep. Scorpius, in fact, does show up uh, to uh, confront him once more. Yes. Execort Order 66, because the pirates are ordered to turn on the yes. flags. Braca, signal the Zeldon pirates. Zelkin, deploy the flags. Oh, what's it called? Zelkin, I think his name. That's the, that's the lead pilot. Hey, do we know their pronouns? No, because we know that Stans was the was the yeah. female of the species, but we don't know that about them. I mean, I think they we, get called by by he him pronouns. We can just call him Facebook Face because of that tattoo that he has on the side of his head. Kinda I'm going to need you to walk me through that. How is that? Fa- is that a Facebook logo? It kind of looks like the Facebook logo. Oh my God, you're right. He's got an F on the side. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, okay, so maybe it's some kind of makeup against being no. face detected by. No, uh, no, by no. Facebook. It just looks like the Facebook logo. This is okay. Were you bored by the by, by this scene, the sort of standoff between Scorpius who walks in front of his own goons? No, of course not. At right, this was yeah. so intense. Ordering everyone not to shoot at, uh, at Crichton, an order that Accor does not exactly follow. Mm. But Rorf sacrifices himself by jumping in, in front, front of, of him. Yes, which I don't quite understand. I guess he's like repaying him for saving them from the peacekeepers. I mean, they're oh, that here was to save- that, No, that was Dargo. That who was did Dargo. That. Yeah. But he's here to save John, and he's shown more sort of courage and, and ingenuity and, well, maybe not ingenuity, but, like, more determination, I guess, even than Bakesh, right? Yeah. The commitment of Rorf to this mission is, is just astonishing. I, can you tell I really like Rorf? Mm. 
Well, unfortunately, he does get shot uh, rather badly. Revenge and- is taken on on at least Akor, but God, this now we get a cool firefight. Okay, so this one you're into? This one I was into. All right, tell me what, what, what's so great about this firefight. You, you do, you do it's it. Just, well, part of it is just John standing there, again, having his, like, oh, I want to shoot, but I can't thing. And Scorpius standing there just being smug and, oh, go on then, go on. Oh, yes. Yeah, the yeah. power play. Yeah. God, that is he, some... He, he just can't stop himself from doing that. Big when, Mivonk energy. Yeah. When, in fact, everybody else is uh, running around and blasting people left and right, especially Dargo. He uh, likes his new gun. He does like his new gun, yeah. Uh, Claudia Black talked about how happy Anthony Simcoe was and, and, and sort of the, eee, <laughs> gun, which he named Mr. Sparky. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. I love that. Uh, Rorf asks to be remembered. He begs Dargo, tell my mate. Dargo, you must go back to her. You must tell her. I will. I will. Blah. Yes. Okay, well, I will. Do you notice how, okay, so Scorpius is actually shooting as well. Shooting presumably around John. Yeah. He holds his gun like a gangster. He yes. holds it sideways. Yes. Well. Yeah, you disapprove. I, I know disapprove. that you're an actual a, a marksmanship trainer. Uh, <laughs> there is no advantage to holding a weapon like that. None whatsoever. Absolutely the only not. thing it looks... It doesn't even look cool. It doesn't anymore, you, no. No. But this was 2000, man. Yeah. This was still, like... I think Bad Boys was, had just come out. Yes, and it was that time, yeah. So cool. Speaking of big guns, yes. uh, we've got another one on the way. Zan. Is that you, Zan? Crace? Talon has shown up in defiance of Crace's insistence. Have you come back to help us? Let's just say that I'm here. Crace won't even take any credit for it. But Talon takes out the flax. Because he's shaving it. by, I don't know I what. guess it's on the shuttle. I guess on some, some kind of sort ship of ship that we don't get to see. Some, some ship gets blown up, yes. Chiana seizes the weapon from, uh, from Zelkin. There's a struggle for the weapon, a fight. There's like a tension of several moments before we learn which one of the two actually got shot. In the Mivongs. In the Mivongs. Which is deadly to Zenitans, apparently. Because yeah. they go, what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron asks Crace for, for some more help, and he goes, Are you sure? Talon's firepower is massive, Aaron. But no, she wants him to shoot at the uh, the dark deposit, the shadow deposit. Just, like, try to shoot away from my transponder just signal. Shoot ra- just shoot casual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While her plan is to hide in one of the uh, safety deposit boxes, which Vakesh doesn't think it's a great plan, but it's the only one they have. So he does go along with it. Crichton is about to go along with it. He says, hey, guys. I'm, uh, I'm going to go to Scorpius. And Aaron steps in. Right you are. <laughs> Dogo, carry him. Yeah. Knocks him out, oxters him, hands him to, uh, to Dargo. Here, you carry him. This is some fantastic leadership. She's cool under pressure, got an idea what to do, communicates it to everyone, ensures that everyone's plans are synchronised. Okay, fire in 90. Give us 90 microts and obviously try not to hit my signal with a direct strike. <laughs> Dargo gets to do the Ben Browder manoeuvre and yes. show off somebody else's bum. Ben Browder is getting Ben Browder himself. <laughs> I, I thought it was very impressive how, how sort of well you keep every, all of these groups together mm-hmm. because Rigel and Jothy are in the shuttle and they're going to pick up Zan and Stark who are somewhere else in the Shadow Depository yeah. next to the generators or some shit. Rigel does a surprisingly good landing considering the situation. A good landing is one you can walk away from. Yeah, a great landing is one you can reuse the ship. So since they managed to escape from the... I guess it's a great landing. Yep. Yeah. 
there's, I mean, we've sort of seen this before where a Scorpius, like, inches closer, he walks so calmly while they close the door, sealing themselves into one of these pods just before the entire depository is taken out. Fire! Three shots from Talon's mighty, mighty grown-up cannon. Yep. Uh, and the building goes down. I guess we don't see Scorpius escaping. Well, he's dead, obviously. Yeah, of course he is. Right? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's no way he could have survived that. Yeah, no, no, of course not. No. Um, I mean, we saw the door close on him. He's yeah. still sort of standing out yes, there. of course. He's like dead as a doornail. He's like underneath all that rubble. The entire building collapsed down on top of him and we'll never see him again. Exactly. Exit Scorpius. I guess I'm going to have to like start an entire new storyline with a new introduce a new villain and it's uh, a satisfying ending isn't it yeah it is it's <laughs> play with me <laughs> you don't pretend just a little bit you don't like ooh well maybe but oh, fine fine i mean that's kind of the theme of this uh, of this ending like everybody's got everything they wanted and only Rigel manages to be happy. Mine, mine, mine. <laughs> Rigel got a big pile of shinies. He's like, oh, we're rich. We're happy again. Can uh, this be mine? Can this be mine? <laughs> Rigel and his trinkets. Although I noticed that one of those big boxes just looks like Christmas decorations. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... And the rest are just cups again. It's yes, just all cups. It's, it's again everything from the prop department. It's probably mostly exactly the same taft that they had on the uh, funeral planet. Oh, what if it's the same shit and it's just cursed again? I, I presume it's the same shit as in it came from from the same box in the prop department. <laughs> Probably not cursed because, oh, well, maybe it got moved to the planet and like yeah, exactly. stolen again. But at least there's no weird masks around this time. Can I have this? Can this be mine? <laughs> He's chiding everyone, hey, cheer up. We got everyone. We got Dargo's son. We got John. We yeah. killed Scorpius. We got everything we wanted. Why isn't this a party? Yeah, we only got two dead people on our side. And, and we didn't really know them anyway. No. We didn't really care Although, that uh, much. Wasface uh, Chrome Dome offers to, to uh, go and take their uh, their share of the loot to, uh, to their, their families. Uh, families. That's very nice. Yeah. And he thanks them. Did you catch that? Farewell, my friends, and thank you for teaching me to kill again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you see Zan going. Oh no, I did it again. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh no, it was me last time, and now it's my fault. Oh. Chief, Chief anarchist is a hard job. Yeah, this is the scene where I was like thinking that Crace was going to ask uh, Aaron to uh, come with him or make that his pri- yeah. the, the price for his help. But he doesn't like, because it was Talon's decision and not his, yeah. he somehow feels... Um, he isn't owed anything. Owed, like, like, yeah, he exactly. Help. He doesn't feel like he's owed anything, which seems like, yeah, the lead strength through your argument that he actually is reformed because the old Crace would have immediately... Uh, yeah, uh, jumped on that. Unfortunately, the reform doesn't carry over to his personality because that's still same dickish old uh, craze that we have. But. Well, we have seen in the way we weren't that there used to be a way worse craze. Get your unit working. True. His command style was brutal and terse. Move. Yeah. Like this craze listens to people. Yeah. He lets them finish speaking. Yes. Which is impressive. For, I mean, you at, know. at that point, he was a little bit mentally unstable, so we don't know how he was before that. But, you know, because of his brother dying and all that. Uh, yeah, and, and nothing sort of restores one's like sanity and balance, like being strapped into the Aurora chair and having your command stripped out from under you and having yeah. to mentally bond with a, with a teenage leviathan. Oh, speaking of teenagers, Dargo comes to introduce Jothy to Crichton. Daisy. John. 
I've brought my son, Jaffe, to thank you. <laughs> Crazy. But Crichton isn't all there. No, he's playing with the chess set, which he was using to play with Harvey uh, before. There's a lot of symbolism on this chess set. You see that? Um, well, he's trying to set up the king, I suppose. There's, uh, a, there's a black king standing, and he's trying to set his own white king up, but he can't quite manage it. He's yeah. falling over. There's also and, a big gun pointing at the other king. but Yeah, the only other piece on the board is Winona, and he tells uh, Dargo, because he's just not listening. He's no. not listening or acknowledging uh, Jothi. He tells Dargo that Harvey blames him for letting Scorpius die. Yeah. He's here. He, uh, he's here, and um, he blames me. Blames me for killing Scorpius. So I've been, I've been trying to, but to I can't. I what, John? And he has a final request to make of Dargo, yes. who, who holds him tenderly in his. Like he looks so tired. He hasn't slept in a month. Dargo, kill me. Dargo, please. And that's where we end. So another fun-filled episode of Farscape. How are you loving this? Oh, it's thrilling. It's exciting. It's- I literally have the word thrilling written down on my on my like <laughs> and that was during the firefight. The awesome fight. Actually, that was during the second firefight. So uh, we were definitely on, okay, the, uh, yeah. on board there. Wow. We're more in agreement. Yeah, that was a well-rounded end to uh, a, a th- another three-parter, I suppose. It's impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Like that was a. Those were a lot of hey balls to keep juggling in the air. Mm. Okay, so we've got balls. We've got being shot in the mivongs. We've got like guns failing on everyone. We've got a. I mean, it's a very horny episode when you look at all the symbolism that's oh, piled on top of one very another. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, they're really dialing that up to as much as they can get away with and still maintain their eight o'clock rating. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. She gives me a woody. She gives you the willies. My woody goes to Rorf. I am Rorf. Rorf? Rorf! Rorf is essentially me. Okay. I didn't realize yeah. that the first time around. Like, whenever we see him with his, uh, with his mate, they're all very head, head, sort of like, yeah. you know, the, the, the cartoon crows. But Rorf on his own, that would be me in, in Farscape. The Zenitans will deploy the flax. Fix? What the frell is the fix? Like, if I was yeah. given a task that I thought, oh, I could probably do that. You're no shabikish. Why don't you frell off, hmm? I would have found him by now if it wasn't for you clumping around behind me. I'd just be sort of yelling and bickering and complaining about it all the time while I was striving to do it. He's heroic. He he dies a hero, wanting to to do the right thing, to be remembered by his uh, by his mate. Like, And he's just kind of cool. I really yeah. like how he talks. He asks all the right questions. Rorf is totally my MVP for this episode. Okay, and uh, Willie? Ooh, ooh, well, originally I was going to talk a little bit about the the bad slow motion in that one firefight, yeah. but I'm, I'm definitely going to... T- I guess it's that there wasn't enough room for some of these other scenes, like the, the arc between Dargo and, and Jothi, yeah. and that sort of flip-flop back and forth. That is really cool. That is really interesting psychological development for a newly introduced character and a relationship that yeah. we've been looking forward for a while, and it just went too fast. I mean, they could have taken the bad slow-mo out and then make, gave him that time to... Uh, to <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have saved an extra 25 minutes. <laughs> All right, you're up. Okay, I guess they go to the same thing. Really? 
I think it's the scenes with Natira crawling all over Ben Browder and uh, really? Worf uh, and like all that sensual didn't do torture it for you? thing. What do you mean? I mean, they I both. Mean, it was I mean, they're super horny. I know, and that's why they get both my Willie and my Woody too. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure she'd know what to do with both the Willy and the Witch. Right, there you <laughs> with go. all those tentacles she's got. <laughs> like they were both cringe and like ah and like okay, it's like if very well done uh, yeah. and set up. So I guess they yeah, my William and Woody goes to the same <laughs> setup. It's like the, the torture ball and the tears uh yeah, playing she's... around it. Let's Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many... I mean, I've asked this question about Scorpius. I wonder how many people had a little awakening when they sort of saw Natira like, all right, all okay, right. Yeah. I wonder... Next time I'm at the beach, I look at the tidal pools in a different light. <laughs> and that's the story so far, Scape. We will see you next week with episode 222, Dime Dichotomy Part 1. Oh, the oh, lo- no. They are they are doing a, a split across okay. two seasons episode. Oh no! What? I mean, I already knew that it wasn't going to be a, uh, a four parter because there was no well, two to be continued at the end. So yeah, no. All right, all right. So you're already prepared for that crushing disappointment. But yes, in this episode, an extreme case of split personality leads to a tragedy. Welcome to our world, baby. No. You can find us at SoFarscape on Facebook and Twitter. Submit your own synopses at SoFarscape.com slash submit. Or if you want to chip in, you can do that at SoFarscape.com slash support. Wow, I did that really efficiently. Yes. I did it in one go. Okay, you're proud of me. Fantastic. That gets my woody. Oh, weird, but thank you. <laughs> I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so Farscape's so good. good. <laughs>